He sent his word and he healed me. You know, that's my testimony. That's what happened for me. That's why I'm still here all these years later testifying to you about how good God is, how wonderful he is, how effective his word is because his word healed me. His word took a man that was at the end that I was done and guess what? Everybody else was done with me too, (laughs) you know? And God sent his word. He said, great, you're right where I want you. When a person believes that freedom from sexual sin is impossible for them, it often leads to feelings of despair and hopelessness. Thanks for joining us for part two of a special Ask the Counselor episode of Purity for Life. In part one of this show, we looked at very common things inside a person that prevents them from finding freedom. This week, we'll identify five crucial steps that a person must take if they want to walk in true liberty from sin. This is Purity for Life, the weekly podcast from Pure Life Ministries. I'm your host, Nate Dancer. Stay with us. If you were with us last week, then you remember that we talked about barriers to finding freedom. We talked about things like dealing with sin on our own terms, being ignorant of what it takes to live in victory, or being overly obsessed with our own problems. Things like these are a barrier between us and the freedom that God wants us to have. And we can try as hard as we want to walk in freedom, But these internal barriers are going to make all of our efforts futile. This is what makes us feel hopeless. This week, we're going to look at things from a slightly different angle. We'll talk about five specific action steps that must be taken if we're serious about living in freedom from sexual sin. So we'll look at what those things are and why they're non-negotiable. So I brought Luke Imperato the director of our residential program, into the studio last week to talk about this. Okay, so Luke, in this show, what we're going to do is we are going to continue the theme that we started last week, talking with Ken Larkin about hopelessness. And again, maybe some guys are hopeless because they've grown up in the church, they've heard all the promises of the gospel and the power of Jesus to save, but they're not experiencing it in their own life. And um, I think that probably everyone who was listening to our last show could identify with some of the barriers that we talked about last time. But maybe they need something more than just understanding which barrier or barriers would pertain to them. Maybe they need strong encouragement Mm -hmm. to take a specific action toward freedom. Um, So that's what I want to focus on in this episode. I've got five specific actions lined up that I want to talk about. I want you to explain why each of those actions are going to be crucial for um, finding freedom God's way. So the first thing I've got on my list is confession Mm -hmm. and... Uh, we've all had to confess. Anyone who's in sexual sin has had to confess at some level, and we get it. 
It's terrifying. There's a very real chance that our confession is going to set a series of events in motion that could end up with the loss of something really valuable to us. But I don't want to talk about the negative piece. I want to talk about why confession is crucial to finding freedom. Sure. And I it, I agree with you. And I want to just add to something you said there, because when you said anyone who um, who is in sexual sin has had to confess, and it's um, it's really more like anyone who's living in victory from sexual sin okay. has had to confess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, that's good. Because, I mean, I lived in sexual sin for <laughs> almost two decades without confession and very little victory. Mm. And even in my own testimony where I had, you know, maybe brief moments of victory, a couple months or whatever it was, um, even those small times of victory always were preceded by some sort of exposure of my sin, whether it was forcefully or not, you know, an accident or something, or I confessed something and then it led to like, you know, a month or so of, of victory. So anytime that I've confessed, I've always seen victory following that, Okay, okay. You know. But one of the things is that we have to kind of understand is that when we're not confessing our sins, we're living in darkness. And that's something that I had to probably realize before coming here because I remember having these discussions even with my brother one time and he was like, why don't you come to our men's group? And, you know, we just kind of confess some struggles. And I'm like, I don't need to confess that, you know, I don't need to confess my struggles. And he was emphasizing again, you know, no, it really is important. And that's his own testimony was just how I found freedom. And I was like, "Ah, I don't really think that's necessary. But when we're living in darkness, that is sin, like that there there is a problem with that and we have to equate the two we have to equate living in darkness with living in sin mm. and um i think jesus does a good job of that in john 3 when he talks about the light and the darkness and let me just read some of those verses okay starting in verse 19 and this is the judgment the light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil So right there we see that this connection between darkness and evil works, okay? okay? For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. It's like, wait a minute. Okay, so now we're equating doing evil things with hating light, okay? And does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. So you see that like when the Bible's talking about living in darkness or darkness and light not having this felt, he's ta- they're talking about sin. It's talking about sin. And we have to realize that. And when I'm living in darkness or when I'm living in unconfessed sin, I'm living in darkness. And uh, he, he finishes, Jesus finishes that statement by saying, whoever does what is true comes to the light. So for me, that was very important to realize that, okay, it's not that I'm just trying to keep something hidden or trying to work something out on my own. It's No, it's actually I'm holding on to sin uh, mm. and I'm choosing to keep it hidden and not come to the light. And that in itself is sin. Okay. Yeah, I think that's really helpful because what you're saying is that the sin that we want to cover is itself an act of sin. 
So now we've got two sins that we're dealing with, (laughs) right? We've got the actual sexual sin, and then we've got this choice to live, cover it, and live in darkness. Yeah, yes. Um, Let's talk about surrender. You've been counseling for quite a while now, and I'm sure you've come across situations where a person is feeling convicted about Mm -hmm. some area of their life. Sure. And they're resisting that conviction and because of that, they just can't like really find the strength to mm-hmm. deny and resist the temptations in the area of sexual sin. But then as soon as they just, okay, I'll give in to the Lord, you know, I'll do what he's saying. Sure. Now there's this new power. There's this new ability to resist temptation in the, in the area of sexual sin. Mm-hmm. Why does that happen? It almost relates a little bit to the living in the light. Because when I want to have control of how much I'm admitting, how much I'm confessing, how much I'm bringing into the light, I'm kind of like, okay, you could have this card and you could have this card and, you know, I'm keeping control of it. Uh So the Lord's like, you have to lay down all your cards. But if I really do that, that's always the debate. Like, okay, but if I really do that, things are going to happen in my life that are outside of my control. Like things aren't going to go the way I want them to go. Like right now, I kind of could manage this, at least outwardly, I could Mm -hmm. manage this sin. And if I just let everything out, then, you know, now I'm going to have consequences that uh, are outside of my control, you know. I remember one of the first sessions that I had with my counselor here in the residential program, he said, your best thinking got you here. Mm. And I had to realize that after like two decades of fighting and trying everything and going to the weekends, you know, the power retreats and reading the books and doing the fasting and trying accountability and all of the things that I tried in the past, you know, I I had to eventually come to the place where I don't have the answers to my problems. Mm. And so someone is going to have to walk me out of this. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that that won't work if I keep fighting the person <laughs> who's trying to help me. Like, I just have to let it go and let the Lord do his work. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is, we all know it probably, but it's where it says, uh, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. <laughs> in all your ways, acknowledge the Lord. Then he will direct your paths. Mm. We have to do that. We have to stop relying on our own understanding. For so many years, we we did what was right in our own eyes. It's another proverb, right? But always led to death. Mm -hmm. So eventually, we just have to come to the desperation or or the willingness to be like, okay, I'm done trying to figure this out. Whatever it takes, you know, I'm going to do. Yeah. It is interesting sometimes when you try to help a person and um, you just give them something really simple. Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, why do I have to do that? Yeah. And so then uh-huh. you start to realize, okay, there's there's something inside the heart that's mm-hmm. expressing itself right now. And you can start to see how maybe that reaction is kind of that way toward God as well. When he says, this is how I want you to live. It's like, why do I have to do that? And yeah. then wondering, why am I still in sexual sin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's Watchmanee who says, like, we can't speed up God's process, but we could certainly slow it down. Mm-hmm. And um, it is a joy to work with a guy 
who's just willing to do what he's told mm. and willing to just admit what we're trying to show him, walk him through things. He will have a breakthrough and early victory in his time in the program because it's just, he's hungry and he's willing and he's teachable, like you were saying. But the guy who's going to wrestle and argue with you, it's just like, well, then what are you, what are you here for? Like, <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Right, right. <laughs> um, let's talk about taking a step of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in my own life, sometimes what I've found is that I can do all the right things, quote unquote, but sometimes my mindset is unbelieving. You know, it's like sure. I'm praying, I'm fasting, mm-hmm. I'm A, B, C, X, Y, and Z, but inside... My heart is just saying, oh, this probably isn't going to work, you know, or whatever it might be. And then there's this switch that happens where I say, you know what? I am going to believe the Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm going to believe him. And sometimes it's like that's the thing that God was waiting for. Not all the actions, but this inward Mm -hmm. clinging and trust in him. Why, Why is that so crucial? for finding victory. Yeah, I think primarily because the Lord wants to receive all the victory. And I find that in my own life, I tried all those things, like you're saying, and right. for years and years and years and tried and tried and tried. And if any of those would have worked, then I would have said, this is how you do it. You oh, know, right. You do this and you do this and then you'll find victory, you know, and just try really hard to make sure you do such and such, whatever it is. And the Lord would have been like, okay, great. Like, he figured it out without me. What I had to learn when I came to Pure Life was that I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the reality of the situation is I couldn't. And that's what the Lord had to build in me, that poverty of spirit that was like, well, yes, with you it is impossible. <laughs> like with man it's impossible. Mm-hmm. But with me it's not. And you need to realize that and you need to believe that. And if you're going to try to like you know, fight with me for glory. <laughs> it's not going to work. Then yeah. fine. You'll keep trying and doing all your right things, but you're just trying to do it to get praise and and uh-huh. and, and trying to get the glory out of it. And the Lord's like, no, I want all the glory. So you need to come to your to the absolute end of yourself. And while that may sound like uh, despairing or hopeless, if we sometimes if we would really just stop thinking and trying, the Lord would meet us mm. and would prove that he is victorious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 40 mm-hmm. that just talks about God pulling David out of the miry bog. And yes. one of the things that I've read in the commentaries is that there's certain kinds of you know, bogs or certain kind of like environment where the more you struggle the more you sink, mm-hmm. you know? And so in, in some way, David was so totally reliant that I'm not going to find my way out of this by sure. trying harder. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to be just a divine act of mercy. And I love that about the Lord because yeah. I've found, it's similar to what you're saying, I've found that when I come to the end of myself, yeah. he is right there mm-hmm. and faithfully loves me. It's... It's just such a strange um, 
experience, but you have to go through it to yeah. find that the end of yourself doesn't mean complete defeat and utter ruin. It means like this place where God does really come to our rescue. Yeah. And I think God loves to work in impossible situations. Yeah. <laughs> he loves to do miracles. Yeah. You know, and another thing I would add to that as well is I, I find that a lot of guys and even myself, and when I look back, I want to use the excuse like, well, this is just a struggle that everybody has. But the reality was like, yeah, but look, you weren't really fighting. When someone's saying, well, it's just not working. Well, I mean, is is God failing you? Like, right. examine your efforts here. Like, let's just be honest with ourselves and make sure that we are actually doing everything we can. We have to take the – we have to be willing to take the hard road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that really leads into the – into another thing that I wanted to talk about, which is radical amputation. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, what does that term mean and then why is it crucial to finding victory? Sure. Radical amputation is cutting off, destroying completely something, you know, um, well, Jesus, it comes from Matthew where Jesus was saying, you know, either pluck out your right eye, cut off your right arm. You know, it would be better to do that than your whole body to go to hell. That's the context. That's where we get that, that idea of radical amputation. And we have to be willing to say, okay, finding freedom from my sexual sin is the most important thing in my life. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do to find freedom. To include any radical decisions, you know, a good example, just a practical mm-hmm. example of a radical amputation would be like I'm getting rid of my phone or I'm getting a uh, a gab phone or a, a phone that's like super locked down while well, I don't have internet or I don't have emails or I can't check the weather or I don't have a map, you know, and it's like how am I going to get to work? Well, I'm gonna, well, what's more important right now? Like – your your victory over your sexual sin or checking emails or, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so those types of decisions of saying, okay, I'm going to make a radical amputation and deal a death blow to this out of control sin in my life. Those, you keep doing those and you'll find results. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just how it works. Mm. Can I, let me ask you a, just a counseling question because, you know, I think Jesus's words essentially are if something causes you to sin, mm-hmm. then cut it off, pluck it out, right? So yes. if it's your phone, you keep falling on your phone, it's like get rid of the phone. If it's your job, if it's your career, if yeah. it's the places that you go for fun, if those things lead you to sin over a consistent basis, you know, then get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how would a person know if... The situation that they are in, like, for example, a kid who's at college and the atmosphere at college is just really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. How would he know if the solution is to just get out of college and just go back home and just get a job at McDonald's? Or if the solution is that he really needs to make some radical life decisions where he is so that he can find freedom there. I mean, is there any counsel about that? That's a a tough situation, and there's not an easy, probably not an easy answer for that. But if you do what we've been talking about so far, 
the answer will probably become more clear. Mm. First of all, live in the light. Okay. So talk to your pastor, talk to your parents, let everybody know the full extent, everything that's going on, the depth, width, height, how right. let get let someone needs to know, someone of with some spiritual wisdom and authority needs to know everything that's going on. Then you surrender. Mm. What they say to do, do. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. stop trying to figure it out and real, you know, and and write out your pros and cons and and try this and it. No, that goes back to you need, need to surrender. Okay. Um, and let them decide, mm-hmm. you know, and eventually the Lord says, like, he's going to direct your paths. If you're really surrendered all your ways to him, mm. he'll make it clear what mm-hmm. what it it is that you need to amputate, you know, okay. radically amputate. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's good. And sometimes, you know, it is, I think, um, kind of a process. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're in this walk with the Lord, and mm-hmm. you, if your heart is in the right place where you want to do what he's asking you to do, sure. he might start directing you like, okay, well, don't go to this place, you know? Okay, at this time, don't be on your computer because you're Mm -hmm. more vulnerable during this time. And so there there is some of that just... Sure. Through that spiritual authority, like you're saying, where someone is helping you examine your life and then following what they have to say. Yeah, I've found so much freedom in that when even just in other areas, forget the sexual sin, but just submitting my life to someone else other than me. Yes, yes, yes. That's, And that's the truth. It's just like uh, we want to do things our way, and it's just our pride getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And there is a benefit of submitting ourselves to a spiritual authority. That yeah. He doesn't or she like cares for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you find someone who loves you and wants – Wants the best for you. Right. Yeah. You know. um, last one is not allowing your feelings mm. to dominate your life. Why is <laughs> why is overcoming this feelings driven life so important or yeah. crucial? I would say feelings it could be a huge blessing or they could be a major curse. <laughs> you know, one thing we need to establish as a fact, is we cannot trust our feelings, <laughs> okay? So while sometimes they're on point and they're good, other times they're totally off, mm. okay? So just we can't make our feelings the basis for any decisions we make. Now, feelings are natural and they will come and we'll have to deal with them and that doesn't mean that because you're getting a crazy feeling that you're in sin. No, everybody's going to deal with feelings, uh, but making life decisions just based off of a feeling is very risky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when I think back of my life in sin, and I use the term, I used to say I was unstable in all my ways mm. because there was just such so much instability. And someone who is living a life based off of feelings is going to be unstable. Psalms 107 describes like all those different people who were in bondage or in distress and sure. one of them talks about the seas and the they were you know risen up with high waves then dumped into the valley then right. up and down and the, like tossed about like a, a a wave tossed in the ocean which also kind of like is a little bit of what James was saying in in his chapter 1 
where it's like being tossed to and fro, unstable in all our ways, that that's emotions. They're mm. never steady. They're never really based off of uh, um, truth, off yeah. of a foundation. They're just going off of really what we see, what our senses pick up, um, and they're completely unreliable. And let's just be honest, like if predominantly we are living a life of a lot of sin or we just like falling and keep falling and keep falling, mm -hmm. we're probably not in a good place to be trusting our emotions. Most of our emotions are probably pretty perverted and twisted right now. Not a good idea. Yeah, I've heard Pastor Steve say it like this, you know, if you live, um, if you follow your feelings, right? So yeah. I feel like I want to go to a movie. I feel like yes. I want to eat a yeah. hamburger. I feel like I want to sleep. Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to watch porn. Right, so exactly. if you're just following your impulses all the time, mm -hmm. sometimes those feelings are going to be downright sinful. Yes, and so you can't live under the control of those things because, yeah, a lot of the time those feel. You know, I feel like I want to punch somebody. So okay, yeah. so are we going to do that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, yes, and it's it's contrary to popular culture because so much of our at least in our American culture right now, so much is based on what makes you feel right, what makes you feel good. You know, I get mm. really good vibes about this place. Or, yeah. You know, and it's just like, okay, like you're saying, you can't just do everything you feel like doing. And I think that there's some truth when Jesus said, listen, if you want to be my disciple, the first thing you're going to have to do is deny yourself. And in some way that is going to be like what you feel – is right or wrong or what you feel you should do at that moment, you're just going to have to deny that sometimes. Mm. <laughs> and it even goes back to the surrender thing. So, you know, I don't feel like this is right, but, you know, I'm, I've sought counsel from my pastor or my parents and they're telling me to do this. And, you know, I'm just going to have to stop relying on my feelings and my understandings and really trust someone else right now. Mm. And, uh, that's much more safe, for sure. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, your best thinking. Yeah. Um, like you said earlier, your best thinking got you to pure life. I think for other people, they could say my best feelings got me to pure life. You know, it's just I was led by my impulses. And what did it do? It just, for a lot of people, it, it is destroying their lives. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really good, everything that you've said, because basically you're, you're giving these, these guys or, or these ladies a kind of a life that is not the status quo. They haven't been living in the light, maybe. They haven't been living in surrender. They haven't been just living in faith. They haven't been um, living not by feelings, but by truth. And so you're giving people some really solid mm -hmm. um, just encouragement to live a different kind of a life than they've lived in the past with the Lord's help. So is there anything else that you had to share kind of off script? Sure. You know, one of the things, even as you were just describing all those things, by themselves, if you could live in the light, surrender, uh, not base your life off of feelings, and uh, really be radical and willing to do whatever it takes, you could do all those things, but you could begin to create a religion out of those almost. Mm. 
And it could just become a checklist where it's like, hey, I confessed. You know, and I told my accountability part I would do whatever it took. And I went to Pure Life and nothing changed. And, uh-huh. you know, I was willing to do the radical thing and see, obviously. And, you know, it's just like, okay, it all comes down to a spiritual issue. And if we don't deal with this as a heart issue between me and the Lord, <laughs> the reason I'm acting the way I'm acting is because something's off with me and God. <laughs> you know, um, in Galatians 5, when Paul says, If you live by the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lesson, the desires of your flesh. We have to take that as a true statement and evaluate our lives in honesty. If I'm fulfilling the lesson, the desires of my flesh, which are listed all in there, then I'm not walking by the Spirit in one area of my life. And I need to go before the Lord Mm. and deal with this as a spiritual issue. If I don't, then all I'm going to be doing is dealing with outward stuff for the rest of my life and it you'll never have lasting victory mm. or even real change and like you said earlier forget about sexual sin that's just one aspect of a much larger picture the lord wants to do a mighty work through us like mm. we were created in his image to be you know mercy doers on this earth there's mm. unsaved people that need our help and so like we need to get Never mind just the sexual sin out of our life. We need to lay down our life and serve the Lord. Mm. If we can kind of picture the reason I'm struggling with sexual sin is because I'm not willing to do whatever it takes to follow Jesus. Mm. (laughs) Oh, yeah, living in the light, surrender, radical. Those are all things, never mind the sex addict has to deal with. Everybody has to do those things if they want to be a disciple Mm. of Jesus, you know? So it's like... (laughs) We need to get this in focus and realize that it's not all about me and my sexual sin. This is about a relationship with the Lord that he wants to have with me in my inner man so that I could be used by him mightily in this world. That's my goal, you know, not just victory from sexual sin. Yeah, yeah, man, this is so good. And I would just encourage anybody who's listening to this who wants more of this sort of of teaching. We've got a number of different series on our podcast. We've got Mm -hmm. our What Role series. We've got the uh, Church Addicted series. We've got the 20 Truths series. We've got the Victory series. Just a lot of different series about what it means to live a true Christian life, right? And just kind of expanding our Mm -hmm. thinking, not just how do I get rid of this one area of my life, but how do I live as a true disciple? So yeah, thanks very much, Luke. This is very good. No problem. Thank you. Jesus said, if you remain in my word, then you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. We gave you five action steps that are crucial if you want to be free from sexual sin. But why are they crucial? Because they're some kind of magical keys that unlock freedom? No. They're crucial because each of those things are based in the truth found in God's Word. If you've been listening to our show for any length of time, you know that we base everything we teach on God's Word. When we open our hearts to the truth, the Holy Spirit takes it and plants it deep in our hearts. This truth 
starts working powerfully within us. It changes the way we think. It changes what we love and what we pursue. Where there was only death, now life begins to come forth. Where there was only corruption and lust, purity starts growing. That is Pastor Ed's testimony. And he shared about the power of God's word recently in one of our chapel services. Pastor Steve had us all uh, take a few verses out of Psalm 119 and pray them uh, this morning. And the passage that fell to me was uh, Psalm 119, verses 25 through 28. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. And of course, there's a lot more in this psalm. Uh, and it really does, uh, you know, I think the whole psalm, if you really just immerse yourself in it, you walk away with an appreciation for God's word <laughs> and, and just the the value of God's word, the depth of God's word, the riches of his word, uh, and more than I can express to you, but it, it just magnifies the word of God and really gives you a hunger for it, I hope. And I think that's what this psalm has often done for me. Uh, but this morning, you know, what really stood out to me was just that first verse, my soul clings to the dust. And over in verse 28, my soul melts from heaviness. And it, just like those two phrases, you know, because they're kind of bookends here. My soul clings to the dust. I, I think in my mind, I translate that to my soul is hanging by a thread. You know, it's just, <laughs> I'm clinging to dust. There's, <laughs> there's nothing to grip and hold on to here. I'm just hanging by a thread in my life. And, and the other verse in 28, my soul melts with heaviness with, I, I am so weighed down. So someone prayed earlier about those who feel hopeless. You know, that's one of the most common uh, things that comes hand in hand with sexual sin. You know, the devil never tells us that up front. He doesn't tell us we're gonna end up hopeless. You're gonna end up with this huge weight of darkness and hopelessness that engulfs you and you can't outrun it and you can't overthrow it and you can't escape it, but it's there. And, and it's like this psalmist, my soul melts from that kind of heaviness, that hopelessness, or maybe it's just, you know, the fatigue of uh, drudgery and, and trying to eke out a living, trying to make ends meet at the end of the month financially, trying to raise a family in a culture of chaos. All of those things that just wear us out. You know, uh, I feel spent sometimes. You ever feel that way? Like I'm just, you know, physically drained, emotionally drained, mentally drained, sometimes even spiritually drained. You know, I'm just spent. Like, I hope nobody asks for anything, you know, <laughs> because the tank is empty. Of course, I always find that it's not really empty. As soon as they ask, it's like, man, where'd that come from? I didn't know I had anything left in the cupboard, but there it is. They're just what they need. Praise the Lord, you know. I'll give you that little testimony on the side. But, but you know, 
The psalmist here is like describing the way we have sometimes felt, and maybe even some of you feel this way even tonight. You, know, you can be weighed down, burdened at the end, thinking, I can't do this anymore. Have you ever said that to yourself? I can't take it anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't go on. Yeah, that's, <laughs> but look what the solution is. He says in the second part of verse 25, revive me according to your word. And over in verse 28, strengthen me according to your word. Where does he turn for his life, his help, his revival? To the word of God. The word of God has what we need. It has what we need. Revive me according to your word. Like put life into me. You see, God, that I'm at the end, that I've got nothing. And God's like, here it is, everything you need. Life right here. You know, is that like, I find myself needing to challenge myself here a little bit. Like that's the way I need to get into my uh, word in the morning when I'm <laughs> committed to do my personal devotion time, you know, do I pick up the word of God and come at it like that? Like it's going to revive me. It's going to strengthen me because it, it can and it does. But it, you know, I said, uh, I was praying this morning and one of the phrases that blurted out of my mouth was, you know, we need to come to this a little less as a book and a little more like a buffet. Like it's the banqueting table that God has prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. You, know, you can come into this word and you can eat and eat and feast on his word. And it says in Psalm 107 verse 20 that he sent his word and he healed me. You know, that's my testimony. That's what happened for me. That's why I'm still here all these years later testifying to you about how good God is, how wonderful he is, how effective his word is because his word healed me. His word took a man that was at the end that I was done. And guess what? Everybody else was done with me too, <laughs> you know? And God sent his word. He said, great, you're right where I want you. <laughs> now I can use a man who's got nothing, can use a man who comes to me empty handed, who isn't trying to be something or have something or know something, a man who's just willing to let me put my word and, and, you know, I'm not saying I've done that perfectly. Don't misunderstand me. But, you know, it is my hope. It is my goal that God would just have his way and his word would be written on my heart. And, and that's what he does, man. He renewed my mind with his word. He took a mind that thought only impure, lustful, greedy, selfish, arrogant, haughty thoughts. And it started to think godly thoughts. <laughs> He's made it do that. He took my heart and he wrote his word on my heart so that the desires that I used to have aren't there anymore. And the ones that are there are getting overwritten that shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? I'm still, it's an ongoing sanctification that's happening, but he is writing his word right over top of, I want sex. And he's saying, no, you don't. You want Jesus. That's all for today. Just another reminder, our annual conference is coming up April 22nd and 23rd. To get all the details and to register, 
just go to conference.purelifeministries.org. We would love to see you there. God bless. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.